Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to the Alana Enquirer podcast. It is Mondays with Mike here on November 30th, just one day from December. And boy, we have so much to talk about today, Michael Carpenter. Do we just want to get it out of the way? Um, I barely watched the Bears game last night. Uh, this is like number eight on what we should talk about today. But uh, I would have been fine if I woke up today and and everybody is fired from the Bears because that, that's the kind of performance uh, that should get you fired. But uh, yeah, I think I'm done with Ryan Pace most of all, which means I'm probably done with Matt Nagy. I'm I'm ready for for a clean slate of Bears because what was a fun bad season, Carp, or a fun a dumb fun season is now like just funny bad. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it either. We, we watched a movie and I tuned in midway through the third quarter. I had money on the Packers anyway, so I was very, no emotional <laughs> investment whatsoever, but I, I figured it would at least be mildly competitive before the Packers, uh, you know, pulled away late or something like that. But this is something that we did not figure earlier this year. We both said that Nagy was the kind of head coach where we didn't foresee any sort of Mark Tressman like decline. And that was what last night was. It was eerily similar to that game in, I think, was it 2015 or 14? And that spelled the end of it. Virginia McCaskey was there. I bet she was all ticked off. And then they'll let Ted Phillips make yet another decision yep. on who to hire for GM. And we just go through the same cycle over and over again. It's kind of exhausting. I'm not even excited at the possibility of them screwing up another GM slash head coach hire. At this point, you just want to lose every game, uh, get as high mm -hmm. of a draft pick and take another stab at the quarterback. I, I I don't think it should be pace. I don't, you know, when you made that pick and I, I, I thought it was great that we finally had a GM who was bold enough to take a quarterback that he loved. Uh, he just picked the wrong one. And I said, then it's either going to get him fired or, or, you know, he's going to be getting a statue because of that pick. And it obviously did not go the way uh, he had envisioned it. But I was glad the Bears, the Bears didn't finally lay up again at quarterback like they always seem to do. But you got to keep swinging for the fences for the quarterbacks. It's just next time you have a Deshaun Watson, who's kind of like a Donovan McNabb kind of player, yeah, just take him. <laughs> just yeah. take him next time. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. If you look at it, this is total apples and oranges here. On Saturday, as I'm watching Michigan lose to Penn State at home, I thought, Lovey's going to outlast Jim Harbaugh. And then this, again, apples and oranges here, but think about where the Bears were in 2018 and where Lovey Smith and the Solani program were in 2018. Lovey Smith is going to outlast the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy regime. Yeah. In all likelihood, presuming that, you know, there's not going to be a change, and I doubt there will be, given how weird this Big Ten season has gotten. But it's just odd to think that the team two years ago, this is where the sad part comes in. The defense was all going to be intact for a while. You didn't need Trubisky to be a star. You just needed him to be de decent. And I figured even after that kick hit uh, the double doink that we all remember, I, I still figured that they would be back and at least be a playoff contender for the next three, four years. And instead, you're falling yeah. well below any sort of floor that I thought this team had. 
Well, we got to talk about a top five Illinois basketball team here, Carp. We got to get into another big recruiting mess for Illinois basketball. So it's it's weird, the balance of those two. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about the, the beginning of basketball, and then we'll talk about Ohio State and all the conspiracy theories going around mm. Illinois' fan base about that. I will say this, one last thought on, on Ryan Pace. He doesn't get a third coach. He should not get a third coach. No, he, he built no. a great defense, uh, but even they were terrible yesterday. Uh, and, and I know Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks aren't there. Those are big losses, but you can't have that kind of performance even against Aaron Rodgers. He shouldn't get a third coach. So for me, it's either these guys are all back or clean house. And I think it's going to get ugly enough here to where maybe they get another win, one more win this year, even with Jacksonville and Detroit on the schedule. I know people are like, oh, those could be wins. I don't I don't think so. Well, I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, I think the decision will be made for the McCaskies. Unfortunately, I, I don't like being in a position where I'm not 100% sure today that they will make that move because it's the most obvious and correct thing that they can do. But again, it goes back to the fact that for decades, when faced with having to make these changes – the changes they make ultimately don't result in any different fortunes for the Bears franchise, and it goes right to the top. Yeah. All right, Carp, uh, another big Illinois basketball recruiting miss, and now I think we can sound that panic alarm. Woo-hoo, Let's do it. Um, Mackie TN, this is a surprise. Uh, commits to UCLA. He reportedly had a lot of Zoom calls with, with his top suitors. I would assume that's Illinois. I haven't seen reporting on that. I know Derek Piper is going to have a breakdown of what this all means, but we're kind of saying through all these misses, well, you just get Mac Etienne, pair him with Luke Goody. This is a good recruiting class. Well, you're not getting Mac Etienne, and I, I don't know if he's going to sign. Um, well, he can't sign now, but uh, he'll sign in the spring. But, I mean, that's, that's the huge miss. Um, this is the biggest need they have to replace Kofi Coburn, probably, if Kofi leaves after this year. And right now, you don't have that. So you're going all in on the transfer market, or you're trying to find a guy late and, and double like Purdue's success with this Edie kid who came out of nowhere oh, and looks really, really good. <laughs> um, so that's not a good place to be. And it just it does conjure up thoughts of, even though Illinois has got great guard play and should for, for a while here, it conjures up memories of Bruce Weber. It's like, you got this great team. You got to capitalize on it. And in this class, they haven't been able to do so. So I like Luke Goody. I think he's a good fit. He's a role player. Uh, you need a high-impact center. You need more guards, more wings that can be top scorers for you eventually. You don't have them. You don't. And fortunately, we are in an era where the transfer market can help you recover fairly quickly, but we won't know anything about that until the spring. So essentially, you're going to ride through this basketball season and not have, was it Paul Kowalczyk or Mike Thomas that said parallel tracks? I was hoping for two really nice parallel tracks where you had a great season on the court, and then you match that with knowing that next year when Kofi presumably moves on and when Io certainly moves on, that, hey, we got a great backcourt, we got a new big coming in, we're going to be A-OK. I still think that... You know, we are benefiting from the fact that you have a top five team. And what I mean by that is, as a fan, I don't have that pit in my stomach feeling yet because we're going to ride this wave, hopefully, well into March with this team. But when you uh, don't have the games to focus on and when you look at the other side of the season, that's where you think, well, God, you want sustainability. And I think they'll probably be fine next year. I think that Underwood's raised you to a level where worst case, you're a mid-level Big Ten team as long as you still got the likes of Corbello and Miller on the team. But 
I want to be top four. I want to be competing for Big Ten titles, and the way to do that is consistently reload. And right now they don't have that on the docket, and that's a little bit concerning. Yeah, you seemed on the precipice of maybe not what Michigan State is yet, right? But you seemed on the precipice of being what Maryland had been for for the Mm -hmm. last five years. And then Maryland has has struggled a little bit with with their recruiting, and you see how that can impact a program where this year I I think Maryland will – Maybe be an NCAA tournament team, but but maybe not. Um, so that's what we're we're talking about. I, I don't think Illinois is falling off a cliff here, um, but you want to talk about sustaining top four and to sustain top four, you got to keep adding top fifty players. Now they've added a lot, and we'll see how Coleman Hawkins and some of these guys, you know, develop uh, as they get along later in their career. But uh, Kofi is is an amazing presence. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but even with some things that you nitpick uh, this week, just he, him on the court is such a huge impact that you have no one else like that on your current roster and you really don't for your future roster. So they're going to have to find a way. And I, I think Brad Underwood could succeed pretty well in the transfer portal, but you're counting on guys entering that portal and being able to land them. Uh, and while they've gotten guys like Hutcherson and Grandison, those aren't game changers right you weren't weren't able to land tj holyfield you weren't able to land shawnee brown those are starter caliber guys who can really really um change your program for a couple years yeah absolutely this is where if you start adding the guys that you closed on and the guys that you didn't you mentioned shawnee brown and and tj holyfield and you mix in the transfers and the four-year players that did not commit and this probably is the same for most programs you just inevitably land fewer guys than you miss out on because you're casting a wide net. So I appreciate that. But I do wonder why um, things just kind of abruptly stopped. Why it it just felt like this was a a fast moving train. And then all of a sudden there's no mojo anymore. It's just, it's an empty tank. And you think back to March and and maybe visits were a part of this, but no other school is, is hosting visits. Right. But they had ETN on an official visit here. They had David Jones on a visit here. Luke Goody was here. And you're like, oh, they're going to get him to commit soon. And then he did commit. And you had um, Jordan Nesbitt on a visit here. And you had all these guys. And it was like, man, they have done a great job setting themselves up. And here we go into the summer. And maybe they can close. And you're going to have a top 15 class again and sign it in the fall. And none of it came to fruition. And I kind of like the process they had. But something isn't resonating. Right now, Carp, even though they have a wide net and they yeah. got these guys on campus. So I don't know exactly what that is, but um, yeah, I think you'd have to sit there and you can't help but not reevaluate like, hey, wh- wh- where are we going wrong here? Because we have this great cell. We've gotten in early. We have good relationships. What is not matching up? I don't know what that answer is. This is kind of a short sighted perspective for me to take, but because Illinois basketball has been so starved for success, let's say they have a monster year. And, and to me, that would qualify as winning the Big Ten and making at least the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Let's say they do that. And I was talking with Trevor and Isaac last Saturday or last Friday during that Ohio second half as we're trying to stay positive. And Isaac asked me, well, how long were you able to ride that final four appearance out? Like how long did that, how long were you able to bask in the glow of it? And I said, to be quite honest, a few years to the point where even when Eric Gordon came in here with Indiana and you kind of sucked, you still felt like you were Illinois basketball. My point being that, Let's say you have a lot of success this year and there's an inevitable dip next year because you didn't quite capitalize on this 2021 class. Well, hopefully that's just a mulligan. And then in 2022, you can based on the success that you have on the court. And if that means we take a quick little valley after a lot of success this year, I think most Illini fans will be okay with that. But there's still that worry 
having lived through the Weber era and then the gross era, only making one tournament in five years that we don't want this to be a one and done either. So let's find a happy medium. Let's, you know, kind of bandage this thing up with some transfers in April and hope that you can still be a top half of the Big Ten team next year. Which, Not a Big Ten title contender. That's fine. Which you still could be, right? Because yeah. I, th- I think we saw a glimpse of how good Adam Miller can be and that he's a potential NBA draft prospect. I think we saw glimpses, even though it was against a terrible team in, in really garbage time. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw the flashes that Andre Curbelo brings, right? And, and he's going to be a very good long-term player. Um, and, and then, yeah, you, you kind of fix some of those other holes. And listen, I, I don't think Kofi's coming back, but what if he did? Right. And, and what if, you know, Demonte Williams or Trent Frazier came back for another year? All of a sudden it's a little bit different. But, yeah, you can plug some of those holes with transfers, kind of like Michigan did this year. I don't think Michigan felt it was going to be a top six team uh, until it landed Shondi Brown and, and Mike Smith through the transfer portal. And, and those guys certainly will help. All right. I want to get into what we saw so far uh, with this team, Carp. But first, Ohio State cancels the game against Illinois which I think Ohio State made the right call there. Uh, We don't have all the information, which gives some people some wiggle room to get creative in their headspace about why this was made. But it's clear Ohio State was getting positive cases, and by Friday night they did not feel comfortable playing the game. I thank CARP for health and safety reasons because they didn't want – more positives to happen while they're on the plane or when they show up to Illinois and possibly endanger Illinois' rest of the season, right? So I think Ohio State made the right call in canceling this game, but it didn't stop Illinois, uh, Illinois fans' <laughs> cart from from coming up with some, uh, I guess, more interesting reasons that Ohio State would cancel mm. this game. Because I will say this, Illinois has said Ohio State did everything they could to pull off this game. And let's be honest, Ohio State had every reason to play this game because they want to play in the Big Ten Championship. They want as many opportunities as possible uh, to dominate, uh, especially a team like Illinois, and showcase themselves to the college football playoff committee. Even if Justin Fields weren't here, I think Ohio State wanted to play this game, right? Um, Yeah, of course. That's my rational, makes most sense read on this entire thing. But there's some interesting stuff out there, Carp, that uh, Ohio State is skirting this game. Tinfoil hat stuff and it, conspiracy theories are in in 2020, man. They oh my in. god, more than ever. Here's the thing: you just said the simplest answer to all this. Why would Ohio State jeopardize their ability to get in the Big Ten title game and the football playoff by extension by not playing a game that they could have, unless it was for, like you said, health and safety reasons? By not playing that game on Saturday against us, they gave themselves no margin for error. We see Michigan; they put a pause on all their team activities. So that means a week from now, will they even play Ohio State? Who knows? Michigan State this weekend, uh, no issues there. But again, if one thing happened, if one outbreak happens on Michigan State now and Ohio State is ready to play, doesn't matter. Their season's over. It doesn't make any logical sense why they would say, you know what? We don't want to go to Illinois because we think we might lose if Justin Fields doesn't play. I I think that a lot of these conspiracy theories were based on this notion that, well, if they got a lot of key guys out, then Illinois could win this, which that's a leap anyways. But at the end of the day, we know why a primary reason why this season was probably underway for the Big Ten was because Ohio State was the favorite to make the football playoff. That's a lot of money for the conference. Why are they going to jeopardize that? It doesn't make sense. Well, and even if you think they're canceling this game so that they can play the next two games, 
Um, that would be a huge gamble for Ohio State, but also that could be a good thing for health and safety reasons, right? Like It could be if, both. If they feel like cases could balloon in the next couple of days, which I guess we'll see, um, then they made the right call. Um, so I don't, I don't have, it stinks. It stinks that Illinois didn't have this opportunity. It stinks that the conference as a whole loses the revenue of a, a nationally televised game, which they're continuing to do with every game that gets lost. And it really stinks for the Illinois players and the Ohio state players too. Let's be honest. Ohio state yeah. players, um, lose a game another game here too. There's only so many opportunities they get to play to Big Ten football games and showcase themselves for the NFL and uh, for Illinois. I thought this was an opportunity for Kendrick Green, Jake Hansen, Josh Mador Bebe. Um, so that stinks. And, and it was an opportunity for Illinois to potentially shock the world, as few of us think they would have. Um, it stinks, but this is 2020. And I, I just think Ohio State made this call for the right reasons. The whole conspiracy theory thing, too, as we look around the college football landscape and see game after game canceled or postponed. Why in any way, shape, or form act surprised, even moderately surprised, that this happened? It, this is just a possibility no matter who you're playing. It could happen to Iowa this week, and all of a sudden we're out of another game. So when this broke, it was all pretty quickly on Friday. It felt like the the flying in on Saturday morning, and then the rumors that they might move the game time. And at that point, you'd know where this is headed, but it's not at all surprising. Right, and I, I know some Illinois fans keep bringing you up, well, Illinois was without 12 players against Purdue or whatever. Um, they were without two players who tested positive. They had one more staff member who tested positive. So they had three positive tests, uh, and then they had contact tracing, right, which which Illinois basically chose to do that. Um so it's a little bit different because Ohio State did have its population uh, was over the 7.5% mark, which sounds like the staff had the worst of this outbreak. Uh, but the players, they could have played uh, the players, but they they just didn't seem certain enough. Like Illinois, it happened early in the week enough, it seems, that they were able to mitigate it, make sure everyone else didn't test positive. And, they, and kudos to the SHIELD program and, and their uh, athletic medical doctors that were able to stop the spread carp because – the fact that that was Illinois' first canceled game is pretty amazing. Only two teams now in the Big Ten haven't had a canceled yeah. game, Iowa and Indiana. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, and it, may, it makes me feel a little bit more confident that when it comes to basketball that we can hold up our end of the bargain. I know inevitably we're going to get – and it might it might still happen here. Listen, this, this pandemic is everywhere. We are not immune from it in Champaign-Urbana, but it does make me a little more hopeful that, yeah, there will be interruptions in basketball, but – Will it come from us specifically? And will uh, one of our key players get it where they're out for three weeks? I hope not. Fingers crossed, uh, because we're seeing with college football that even though I don't have the same, nearly the same emotional investment in this Illinois football team as basketball, it was still something that I was kind of looking forward to for that off chance, the 5% chance that everything went right, or even the, the 15 to 20% chance that, you know what, you kind of went toe to toe for three quarters and you showed progress in a game that you didn't have high expectations for. It was a game that we didn't get in a year that we will take all the games we can get. And now Lovey Smith's odds of having a 500 Big Ten season just went up. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Let's just start with that, right? I mean, he's I in all it, likelihood man. barring a really disastrous end of the year. And we're seeing this the season feels more and more, and probably appropriately so, like kind of a mulligan. You know, it, it's not really going to count for everybody. Yeah, like, for everybody. James Franklin, Scott, like Scott Frost. I've seen some people talking about him. And I'm like, man, I, I just think you're going to go one more year with him and get a full sample size of this. I understand why uh, he's got a hot seat, um, but I, I just don't see it happening. All right, Carp, when we come back, some thoughts on your number five Illinois basketball team. That's next.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Cart, for the first time since you were a senior in high school, and so was I, uh, Illinois basketball is in the top five of the AP poll. We'll see how long it lasts as they get a showdown Wednesday with number two Baylor. Uh, but Illinois rises a few spots after going 3-0 and in their multi-team events. And uh, obviously, first two games couldn't have been better. Third game got a little bit of a scare. I think it was a good thing for them, at least that they came out with a win. But overall, big thoughts on the first week of your Illinois basketball team. It's so much easier to do this when you're 3-0 and and not 2-1. and And that was a razor-thin game on Friday. And listen, the Preston kid was remarkable. Vanderplas, and that's the kind of guy, by the way, before that's got some athleticism and shooting ability. That's the guy that scares you because you put DeMonte on him. DeMonte's not tall enough. And you clearly didn't trust Grandison. I don't know what the deal was with that. But uh, yeah, so you you kind of had your flaws exposed a little bit in that third game. Not unexpectedly, but I didn't think it be to that degree. Mm-hmm. As you go into the Baylor game, and Io said this, and I know other players probably said something similar in the post game, that it is a positive learning experience. It is a little bit of humble pie when I think they needed that going into this game Wednesday. And what this opportunity reminds me of is a lot of early Bill Self era non-conference games. I go back to his first season where they played, I think in Maui, Arizona, they lost. I think they lost either at Duke or at Maryland. And then they beat Arizona at the United Center. And kind of like the Tom Izzo uh, method of just really loading up in the non-conference, you don't need to win Wednesday. I think it's a beautiful situation. You don't need to win the game. Can I remind and, Illinois fans that haven't rooted for teams with these expectations? Because it's been a long time, Carb. And there's a generation yeah. of Illinois fans who haven't rooted for this. These kind of games happened with the great Bruce Weber teams early, the, the great Bill Self teams. They got scared early, right? And and sometimes they lost. Um, but these, these are why you schedule these early games and why it was important for Illinois to have this multi-team event. So you can kind of figure this stuff out before you play Baylor. But yeah, I mean, man, they're not going to be favored against Baylor. That team is loaded, but it's such a great opportunity, Carp, because if you beat Baylor... Um, and next week you'll be ranked in the top three, maybe top two. And if Baylor knocks off Gonzaga, then maybe uh, you'll be number one next week. But I love this. You get to see exactly where you were, just like last year against Arizona. We got to see exactly where they were, and they weren't ready. But that was a huge learning experience that that team needed that really helped them uh, once the calendar flipped to 2020. I'm hoping for no 20-point losses Wednesday. I will say there are still paths where Wednesday night could end and you feel disappointed and maybe a little bit like Friday, you feel like, yeah, God, are we not there yet? Is this going to be a work in progress? 
most games this year, and the key that I'm taking away from what happened Friday with Preston doing what he did, but Io doing what he did, more often than not, you got the best player on the court. That may not be the case Wednesday. That may not be the case Wednesday, but it's going to be pretty close. I think he and is. as he said, I, I mean, Butler is great, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least right. you know you have a guy who's going to match him most likely. And and all you're really asking for from the supporting cast, we saw flashes from Trent. I think defensively was great in those first three games. The second game, offensively, at least, was really good. DeMonte, I'm not going to say a revelation, but he's kind of doing exactly what I thought he would do, which is you knew what you got from all the glue guy intangible stuff. But now he's hitting like 66% of his three-pointers up from the 50% or whatever he did last February. So he's an efficient scorer. If he's, 35, so what it comes down, if he's 35% from three for the year to 40%, oh my goodness, uh, the, the value he gives you. Well, to me, I, I view it kind of similar to Chester Frazier's senior year where – he was efficient offensively. Great. I think maybe eight points a game, nothing too much. But when he did shoot, it was for the most part efficient. That's a great it comes comp. down. Great comp. Yeah, yeah, it comes down to Kofi though. I think it just it's that simple. You know what you get from Io. He's going to be a superstar every game. Those three games last week, everything looks slow motion for him. He looked bigger. He looked stronger. He got to the rim at will. And I know that's not always going to be quite that easy, including Wednesday night. But you just feel confident that he is going to get what he needs to. I, uh, Kofi, though, that's that's the one factor that even though his numbers would suggest that he had a strong three-game set, there was kind of a rigidity and stiffness to his game that it didn't feel that way last February in the first week of March. So maybe Wednesday's his coming out party. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised because he showed up in big games for you down the stretch in the Big Ten last year. And I think in terms of Friday, I don't see any carryover. I think often you played at the level of your competition. Illinois was not ready Friday. And they kind of got kicked in the teeth. That's not going to happen Wednesday. And I think that the spread of seven or whatever it is in Vegas is probably about right. But that tells you you got a chance. And why not at this point? Yeah. And uh, I can't say enough about Io. Um, Carp, he's, you know, I had that March madness because we needed some brackets. I had Io as like a four seed in that one. Boy, he's. He's going to put himself down as one of the top players ever in an Illinois uniform. What he's doing is National Player of the Year candidate good, which think of the guys who win that award. Like He's playing to that level right now, and you got that guy on your team. So just every game you got a chance uh, with that guy. Uh, then you got enough guards where somebody's going to be hitting shots that night. Um, whether it's, you know, DeMonte now added to the mix, Adam Miller. I loved what I saw from him through most of the week, especially defensively. Uh, but obviously he can get hot from three plus take it to the rim. Uh, Curbelo showed you flashes. Um, Trent Frazier. I, I just like confident Trent when, when he's confident, man, um, he, he's an X factor for you. But yeah, I, I agree with Kofi. Cause you see this, you see the improvement from IO. I know it's not against great competition, but you just see this all around improvement from him. Right. Um, I didn't see that from Kofi these first three games. Like I, I didn't see an improved hook shot. I, I didn't see an improved motor um, where it was just like that guy is locked in. Like you saw that with Io. I haven't seen that yet um, from Kofi Coburn. I just felt like he was disengaged in that Ohio game, and and he's got to be engaged against uh, Baylor because I think he's got actually a favorable matchup against Flo Thamba, and I think that's where Illinois actually has an advantage which with Kofi in the post. But you see, when he goes to the bench, they're not nearly as good uh, without him. But nothing really changed for me uh, with what I saw this week. Like put it all together. That looks like a team that's going to be in the top 15 most of the year. That looks like a team that's going to be competing for a Big Ten title. And that looks like a team that has a chance at a Final Four. Uh, but we'll learn a lot more on Wednesday and, and then heading into next week with Duke. 
Let's get greedy is my thought. Again, I, I enter, I talk about fan pressure. That was one of my favorite go-tos back in the 93-5 days. It kind of applies here where Wednesday night as we get ready for that game, there will be that little bit of you know pit in the stomach anxiety because it's the first top five matchup since the national championship game. So relish it for what it is. We don't get this. Even great programs don't get top five matchups on the regular. So embrace it. And you might get two in a row, right? Like two in a row, if right. you win and this one and then Duke wins, hey. Right, maybe sandwich around like a Tennessee Martin game or whatever is going to happen this upcoming weekend, which is still, I think, undecided if there is going to be a game Saturday or Sunday. But it is one of those golden opportunities where even if you lose it, it it actually still kind of helps your seeding. It's one of those things in the resume in March that says, oh, you played Baylor. Oh, you lost by five. Whatever. No big deal. It's not going to hurt you unless you go out there and you get embarrassed or you look as flat as you did against Ohio. I don't expect that. Yeah. And even if you lose by 15, it's going to make you better. It's, yeah. it's going to yeah. make you better in the long term. All right, Carp, I got Lovey Smith and Rod Smith coming up, but a big week ahead. And boy, we're going to have a lot to chat about again next Monday. I think they might beat Iowa. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say that they will, but it's just, you, you get the extra bye week are going to be fresh. And I if, don't know. I'm just saying, do, and here's my thing. If, if they, well, yeah. <laughs> if they do, man, <laughs> like this will, all of a sudden, like you're looking at a pretty successful year. <laughs> Well, hey, he's probably going to stay stay around anyways. You know that I'm pretty cynical with this with this coaching staff. But at this point, if you're going to stay, let's just win some games. Yep. And and let's beat a rival. I would consider Iowa even a football rival. And that would feel pretty good if they did. If they haven't done it since 2008, right? They haven't beat Northwestern since 2014. Hadn't beat Nebraska since 2015. So, it's been that long. Yeah, it's it's been a while since you've been able to do this stuff. So, um, yeah, mm. I, I, you just wait till the, I, I know everybody has, a, has an opinion. They're set in their ways. And I understand it with Lovey Smith. But you got to let a season play out especially this one. Um, so we'll see where they are. Uh, again, next week, I think we'll know a lot more about the Illinois basketball and football teams. Carp, Definitely. always appreciate the time, man. We'll see you next Monday. All right, see you. As always, great stuff with Michael Carpenter. You can check out his podcast, the 200 Level Podcast. Just search the 200 Level and uh, subscribe to Carp. Support those guys. They do a really, really good job uh, reacting. I love their reactions uh, while the games are happening, and you get those right away after the game. Uh, But sign up for that. Uh, Subscribe to him. It's great content. Uh, Also, Derek Piper already has his What It Means, Illinois missing out on the top target on their board, Mac ETN. Check that out at Illini Inquire. Got the latest news on Illinois football and basketball. A couple news items I'll hit on before we get out of here. Uh, Lovey Smith finally uh, announces that Alex Palczewski, starting right tackle, is out for the season after having season-ending surgery. And as well, Tariq Barnes, the starting linebacker, is out for the season. Not a surprise after um, both those guys left with, with key injuries. The good news is, is your linebackers have played pretty well this season. Kalon Tolson's been really good the last couple weeks. Uh, Julian Pearl has been better than imagined the last couple weeks. He has a big test ahead of him against Iowa uh, in Northwestern. Two much bigger tests for him, but it looks like Illinois has a little bit more solid depth than they've had in recent years, I can tell you that, on the offensive line. So that's been good to see. Uh, and at linebacker, you hope to get 
Neil Eifler back after another week off for him uh, after not having the Ohio State game. If not, Delano Ware uh, could play at linebacker. And uh, you're thin at linebacker, but Shimon Cooper uh, could play as well. Uh, also, Adam Miller, Illinois freshman, is named co-freshman of the week in the Big Ten. Uh, kind of a tale of two different stories here. Adam Miller, I think, is one of the top-ranked, maybe the top-ranked uh, freshman in the Big Ten this year. But Zach Eady out of Purdue, I mentioned that name with Carp, seven foot four center out of Toronto, Ontario, and uh, really just a last minute flyer addition for Purdue. He had a fantastic first week against some high major opponents, averaged 18 points a game, shot 83% from the field. Just another in the long line of a huge Purdue big men. And boy, they got a pipeline of those guys, and they have for a long time. So Adam Miller, some good news on that front. And Illinois, as we said earlier in the show, is ranked in the top five, setting up their top five showdown the first in 15 years for the University of Illinois basketball team as they take on Baylor on Wednesday. We'll have all the content you want leading up to it. Been talking with our Baylor site, and we'll have a pod with one of those guys and a breakdown on the site coming up for what is the biggest Illinois basketball matchup in a very, very long time. First top 10 matchup since Illinois-Michigan State back in 2006 uh, when D. Brown and James Augustine took down, I think it was Drew Neitzel in his freshman year at Michigan State, if I remember correctly. Was Paul Davis on that team? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, that's all I would say. It's been a while since uh, we've seen Illinois in a top 10 and a top 5 matchup. And today is your last chance to sign up. And if you hear this on Tuesday, you might have a chance as well. 75% off an annual subscription to Illini Inquire, a top five basketball team, Illinois football, two huge Big Ten West games coming up. You got signing day uh, within the next couple weeks for Illinois football, and we'll see where Illinois basketball goes in recruiting, but we'll be on top of all of it. And you can get all that content for the next year for just about $25, $26 over the next year. That's barely a couple bucks a month. Take advantage of the deal. It's our best deal of the year on Cyber Monday. Go to Illini Inquirer and sign up today. As always, appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, 
you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.